our deepest, uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out and our heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave uh, three brave, uh, three brave of uh, three folks who are, who are military folks who are brave, who are always fighting, who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration of the American people. They are deep. What? Welcome to the All American Savage Show podcast with your host John Burke and his far more attractive co-host me. Now let's get into it. That's what your mom said. and what's going on america welcome back to the all-american savage show podcast i'm your host john burke with my beautiful heterosexual bearded life partner here josh operating those controls like the dominion software ballot counting over there meaning we're probably getting a lot of things wrong so (laughs) happy monday to you Hopefully it was a good one for you. Oh man, I'm I'm not gonna lie. This weather needs to make up its damn mind because it's it's beautiful here in Texas and it feels like it's seventy something degrees out. And this is like winter. This is this is like we're still in January. I, I don't know what's going on here. I, I, I genuinely don't. I like it. Well of course you do, because you like, you know, you hate Christmas. You hate the cold. There's something wrong with you. Never said I hated Christmas. No, you did. You did. You you alluded to it, sir, and I am offended. I'm offended. I didn't I didn't do hardly anything this weekend. What about you? Uh just some cleaning up. Cleaning we, up. Yeah, we are we're getting my daughter a new bedroom set, so oh. we had to move all that stuff out. Wow. So. Is that why you're like hitting me up about hey, you want this stuff? Although it was like drinking stuff. So I'm like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, just try to clear stuff out. Yeah. Uh, you like text me at like ten o'clock, what was it Saturday night? And it's like, hey, do you have, you want any like drinking <laughs> stuff? And I'm like, we're talking about like booze? It's like, well, yeah, of course. But and then he shows me pictures of like beer steins or the stuff. Yeah, like, you, want this, uh, you want these old t shirts? <laughs> I got some used underwear. You want to check this out? Oh my God. It's been a crazy um it's been a crazy weekend watching things unfold on Twitter. And of course, you know, not to um, not to trivialize or minimalize. We lost three good uh, service members and over the weekend. And it's um, it's sad to hear. I'm not going to lie. And I want to get into that on today's show. Um, and I'll leave that be there. I just want to move on real quick to the other topics because I feel like this one we need to get involved in as far as or at least get into the weeds on because there's a lot to discuss here. Um but no, outside of that, uh, apparently we're, we're, we're uh, prepping for the Super Bowl. Uh, apparently there's a big op coming that uh, Taylor, Taylor Swift, hey, what's her name? Taylor, Taylor, Taylor something? something? I, I don't know who this woman is. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't care. I generally don't care. There's a thing on Twitter, and I, I love Twitter because Twitter is kind of like a weird version of TikTok where things trend and everybody gets involved. I get it. Like it, it's, it's kind of funny to watch sometimes and I'll, I'll jump in there from time to time, but I have, I have never taken Taylor Swift seriously ever since, you know, she left country music with mainstream pop. And then she did the videos on mansplaining, manspreading. And, you know, you saw the behind the scenes and she started adopting these liberal esque types of talking points. It's like, okay, so she's gone off the reservation. Fine. That's to be expected. It feels like when you, like, and I was telling Tyler before the show, it's like with, with a lot of these liberals, especially like, like artists and actors, the reason that I find that they're usually so good at what they do is that once they kind of make it big, 
they free themselves from the opinions of other people because they are so rich. They don't care. And I think with that type of reality, you tend to form a, a detachment from reality. Like you're not worried about making the bills anymore. You're good. Like you've got generational wealth for your great, great, great grandkids. You're loaded. So it allows these people to explore certain parts of their own reality that just are, are kind of like made up. They're, they're not rooted in any semblance of common sense. So when I see people like Taylor Swift, and the reason I brought that up is I feel like that's why actors are so good. They live in this bubble that they can transform and mold themselves to whatever character they need to fit. And with people like Taylor Swift, once they go off that, that train of reality and you start surrounding yourself with the speaking my truth people, the multiple genders, the LGBTQ nonsense, that's who you start surrounding yourself with. I mean, look at some of these people in their entourages. Their entourages are there to fluff their ego. And they're going to essentially kind of like be the crowd of you're never wrong because you're so brilliant. You're so talented. You're so rich. You must be sent from God. Matter of fact, we should just start calling Taylor Swift, Taylor Christ, because she's got to be the next Messiah, right? The Kansas City Swifts. The Kansas City Swifts. Let's just do that. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do some AI imaging on that one. But still, so when these people start coming out and they go mainstream, it's to be expected that they're going to start adopting liberalist talking points that are rooted in their own reality, which is not real reality. It's this, it's like an LA reality. Imagine going to LA and California and seeing their version of reality. It's like, this is not real life. Like yeah. they, you know, they, those clicks they have and the, and I've told the story before I was dating this one woman and I went to this babes in Toyland thing. I don't know if you've seen this, the babes in Toyland it's like you try and bring in as many A-list celebrities as you can, but you usually, you usually don't get them. It's like B and D-list celebrities. Like you might see Kathy Griffin there if you're lucky. I saw I saw Corey Feldman there. Freaking weirdo. I'm not going to lie on that one. And then a lot of sluts. A lot of Instagram and social media want to be sluts. And that's what they do. And they're there to get on the red carpet, do their poses, do their duck faces. We're raising money for military. It's like, who? Well, the military. God bless our troops. Like, name me a branch. The... the the sheriff rangers like, like all you're good for is just to look at that's you there's no depth to you got nothing so these people congregate around this this idea of fluffing themselves up about we're doing something for a good cause but you know nothing about the cause you're just there to get some clout some clicks some fame and say that you're supporting the troops because the troops my god supporting us is a good money-making operation i'm telling you wounded warrior can tell you all about that it's, it's like a great thing um but I feel like, by and large, a lot of these types of, um, I don't know if I call them organizations or people, they just, they surround themselves in this massive echo chamber of lies. Just, just lies upon lies upon lies. And so when I see the likes of Taylor Swift, I see the likes of Sam, what's his face, that singer, uh, Sam, oh God, the uh, high, high-pitched Sam Neal, or what's his name? Uh, I don't know. Oh God, who am I thinking of? And he has he has a good voice. Um but Kinnison? anyway. Huh? Kinnison? No. I don't even know who that is. You don't know who Sam Kinnison is? Oh my god. Who is he? He was a comedian back in the late eighties. I was born in the eighties, dude. How the hell would I know that? Nah, to be fair. I, I don't know. But either way, I, I just feel like a lot of these people, once they get into the money and they get into the fame, they lose all grasp of reality. Sam and Smith. Sam Smith, thank you. Sam Smith. Very talented okay. singer. But then you see what he's turned into now. You know, before it was kind of like, okay, we all knew he was gay. But then when you get into that Hollywood scene, 
suddenly you're like, you're ultra gay now. Like I'm wearing nipple rings. I'm going to walk out on stage with a rainbow flag. And then you got like Lil Nas, that retard. Like he's out there freaking like doing a pole dance with Satan. It's like, yeah, these guys, these people are like demon possessed. Like how could, I don't know. But either way, it just seems like once you rocket past that, that level of reality to where you don't have to worry about it anymore because you're so rich, you don't make sense anymore. You just don't. And that's what Taylor Swift is. So everybody, and I saw some people on Twitter about this. They're like, you're just not me personally. Like, These people just hate Taylor Swift because she's successful and they're, they're, they're uh, intimidated by a powerful woman. It's like, what's to be intimidated by? You're rich? That's fine. There's lots of rich women. It's just that you're stupid. That's, that's the difference. I'm not intimidated. I'm just disgusted. That, that's a massive difference there. But Taylor Swift is also the same one that had this thing wrapped around her that anytime you break up with her, there's a hit song coming. Did, did we not forget about that? That's Taylor Swift. So anyway, I tell you all that to tell you this. MAGA has this new conspiracy theory birthed from the likes of the amazing, amazing, insightful political pundits like Jack Sobasek. And now Vivek Ramaswamy is on this to where they're saying that Taylor Swift, mind you, who has been an outspoken liberal for years, that when the Kansas City Chiefs supposedly win the rigged Super Bowl, they're going to make an endorsement of Joe Biden. Okay, let's just follow that theory. She's already a liberal. Of course, she's going to vote for Joe Biden. Like uh, what? I thought she did it after the game anyway. Like they both of them. Yeah, I, I didn't watch it. I just I, I was, you know I was here's a the deal. I was rooting for the for the Ravens. I didn't so. even watch it. I, I don't care. Dude, I'm a yeah, Dallas right. fan. I don't even watch them anymore because I am so tired of having my heart broken. I can't do it anymore. I just can't. I can't. I won't. I refuse. I refuse. So anyway, to see this new MAGA thing of like, and I don't even say MAGA. I just, maybe MAGA is not adopted. Maybe this is just some people in the MAGA community. They're just morons. But the thing is, it's a Taylor Swift opt to where it's like, she's going to, they're going to win the Super Bowl. And then her and her boyfriend, little cuck of the North, or not cuck of the North, cuck Pfizer boy, Bud Light drinker extraordinaire, who again is the most probably metrosexual dude I've probably ever seen because she's dating Taylor Swift or he's dating, excuse me, um, that they're going to make this sudden announcement of like, we're voting for Joe Biden. And everybody's like, there's this big thing that even Breitbart's covering this, like Taylor Swift could really influence the outcome of the 2024 election. It's like, bro, do you not remember the likes? 13-year-olds? <laughs> <laughs> she does resonate with Gen Z, but it's kind of like you're stating common sense things as, it's a, as if it's a psyop or a conspiracy. This is common knowledge. She resonates with a younger fan base of women. And women do turn up to the polls. So this isn't really a psyop. It's called common freaking sense. It's like, hey, I have a prediction that Mark Ruffalo and the entire cast of the Avengers are going to go ultra liberal and endorse Joe Biden. It's like, what? It's a psyop. Oh, my God. It's like, no, it's just reality. That's Hollywood. But But the thing is, like, why do they picture? Why do they why do they position it as if it's some kind of conspiracy theory psyop versus no, that's just reality and common sense, bro. I don't know. You've got John Rich, who's ultra Trump MAGA. So maybe the next time he gets a very hit single, he's going to come out and endorse Trump. It's a psyop. No, it's taking advantage of an opportunity. We've got all eyes of the world on you. I, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like sometimes we go down rabbit holes that really aren't rabbit holes. They're just sewers. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. I've got to like, dude, where, where are you pulling this from? And now they're saying that potentially the Super Bowl could be rigged to help this media moment happen. And I'm like, so you're telling me you know, people think they're they going to rig the Super Bowl. They, they think it's rigged anyway. There's a lot of people. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe that. it is. Uh, I mean, 
I've seen some. Um, Maybe it is, but I'm not betting on people it. People come forward saying oh, yeah. that if somebody owed him money, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. But so. wasn't there a Rick's uh, baseball game back in the early 1900s? Probably. What was I'm it? Sure it, it, it was, goes no, on. there was a movie about it. It was like 13 innocent or 13 men or something. I think it had John Cusack before he went like ultra deranged liberal. Uh, Rumble chat. What's up? What's going on, Rumble? How you doing? Got 747 people watching today. Glad you're here. Thank you for joining us today. Make sure you hit that like button. Hit the follow button if you can. Rumble chat. Who am I? Somebody says WWE fake. <laughs> <laughs> no. What movie am I thinking of when they tried to rig the World Series? And they, they did, but they got caught, I think. But it was like back in the early 1900s. I don't know. I've never heard what, of that. I think it involved the the New York Yankee. I forget. Oh, it was a really good movie. Yeah. Really good movie. Well, 1919 World Series. Thank you. Eight Men Out. Thank you. You should watch that one. It's actually a really well done yeah, movie. I've yeah. never heard of it. They actually tried to, I don't know if they got away with it, but they tried to rig the World Series. Um, so I'm not saying it's not possible, but I just feel like we're trying to list all of these possibilities. I call it the Nostradamus effect, or we'll just modernize it, call it the Alex Jones effect. You can predict a thousand things. And if 25 of those things are right and 20 and of the 25, like 10 of them are big things, suddenly you're a prophet versus like, no, you've gotten more wrong than you've gotten right. Now you've gotten some big things right, but then people look at them as if like they have some kind of Messiah complex. And it's like, these are not the smartest people. My God, you got Sandy Hook wrong, dude. Like, that's a big no-go. So anything you have to say after that, I really take with a grain of salt. And just kind of like, and I've seen people try and rationalize these types of conspiracy theorists. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't question things. But I think we should question them with a certain level of common freaking sense. So the whole Taylor Swift thing, it's a psyop. Can we stop? Can we just, can we, can we stay grounded in reality to a certain degree, please? Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't question things like I've just clarified, but I just feel like sometimes we go too far and it's the Q nutters. It's always, and I think Jack Sobosek was a Q nutter. The DC Dranos, they were Q nutters. And I, I said this years ago. Were they? Yeah. The QAnon nonsense is going to continue to bite us in the ass because of the stupid people, the stupid people that continuously say these things and we just keep giving them air. And it's called, one of them is called the Barnum effect. And if you've never heard of the Barnum effect, you should definitely go look it up. As a matter of fact, rumble chat, how many of you press one, if you know what the Barnum effect is, press two, if you don't and press three, if you just don't care, actually, I don't give a crap whether you care or not. It's my show. We're going to talk about it. Um, Barnum effect is something you should definitely look up. This, this um, psychological, level of manipulation has been around since the dawn of man. The Barnum effect essentially is, let me give you an example. We've talked about this on the show years ago. Um, so the Oracle of Delphi in Greece was one of the most prolific examples that you can utilize to showcase this level of psychological manipulation. And what I mean by that is this, say like a general, goes to visit the Oracle. Of, I've been to the Oracle of Delphi. It's actually a very, Delphi is a very beautiful area, very dangerous on the mountainside. It's crazy. Um, but Delphi, I believe, is kind of like a sea people. They're like right there by the ocean. So the general goes to visit the Oracle. Now the Oracle is in the actual ground. It's like a chasm in there. And they said back in the day, it used to be where two tectonic plates met. And there's a lot of gases and stuff that would come up and make you sweat. And the, the priests, the high priests that had this Oracle would feed her herbs, essentially get her hot, baked out of her brain. She's baked out of her brain, sweating. She's just having a good old time. Like Betty Hen speaking in tongues. And you're just kind of like, you see what she said? She's saying that you're going to win the war. 
And that's not how the Greeks talked. I'm just making that up because I don't know how to do a Greek impression. <laughs> Except breaking plates. Hey, oh. Anyway, so a general would go before the Oracle and you would have to bring them a gift. And some of those gifts, if you go visit the island, or excuse me, you go visit Delphi, are still there, which is really cool. But they would bring things of gold, just all kinds of stuff. So a general would go in there and say, for, and I'm, I'm, I'm using an, an example here. It's not I'm being figurative, but it's historically accurate in a sense of the general would say, look, I'm in this city state A and I want to invade city state B. And the general says, if I invade, will I win? And the oracle would say, if one empire crosses this river, an empire will fall. And so the general takes that as if, oh, well, there's a river that separates us. If I cross that river, I'm going to beat them. Okay, this is I'm being serious here. So the priests would write this down and they would give it to the people. Now, this is where the Barnum effect comes into play. So the individual takes the theoretical or it takes the Messiah, whatever you want to call it, the prediction, if you will. And they go invade and they get their asses kicked and they go, wait a minute. And they go back and they say, bro, I gave you a lot of gold and you gave me the wrong predictions. They go, no, 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 no. We said if an, if an empire crosses the river, an empire will fall. We didn't say which empire would fall. And they're like, oh, I must have missed that. I'm such an idiot. Versus like, bro, you just gave me a bullshit prophecy. There is nothing in this. And it's the same thing with horoscopes. If you're a Gemini, you're going to find some good luck today. Oh, I don't know why I did that like Oprah, but it's whatever. And so if you're a Gemini like me, it's like, oh, look, a penny. Oh. That's what they meant. I'm such a Sagittarius. I'm such a Stegosaurus. I'm such an asparagus. And these stupid people buy this nonsense. Now look, if what I'm saying offends you, I really don't care. The horoscope stuff is bullshit. Bullshit. It's bullshit. I will say this to my, it's bullshit. You're trying to tell me that you're allowing your, your life, your everything to be dictated by stars and things made of gas. That, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to get started on this. But anyway, that's the Barnum effect. And it's still used very much in today's society. And people fall for this. They fall for this. So the Barnum effect is the same thing as those prophesying a Taylor Swift psyop. It's rooted in some semblance of reality. And it's a 50-50 chance of it going either way. But it's like they can always have the plausible deniability after the fact of saying, like, look, I said it could be a psyop. I didn't say it was, but then if they get it right, suddenly it's like, hey, I called it. It's a psyop. It's like, you piece of stop with this. Oh, it's ridiculous. I swear to God, these turning point people like Kirk, Sobosek, the rest of these nerds, you're like one step away from being the cracker version of Lady Cleo. Call me now for your good credit reading. <laughs> That's them. That is them. That's what you do. And you're just kind of like, what the hell is wrong with you? And then you ask yourself, what the hell is wrong with their listeners? Like, seriously, you buy this stuff. You just hook, line, and sinker. That's cr I mean, the QAnon? I'm old enough to remember all that nonsense. Oh, my God. I think it was just people trying to hang on to something. Yes. Some yes. hope. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, there's people out there that'll take advantage of that. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, sucker, sucker borns every minute. P.T. Barnum, a fool in their money, you know. They said a sucker borns every minute. That's the truth. And these people, and, and that's what's sad. When you see those that are hanging on by a thread that just want to have hope and they don't want to accept the reality of the situation, 
Then there are these other grifters that come in there and they monetize that. Yeah. Like hardcore. I remember reading articles, like legitimate articles of where Trump would be pointing at something with his like his finger down and people like, oh, you see, you see, it makes a semblance of a cue. Trust the plan. He knows what he's doing. Right now, Biden's going to be arrested on March 3rd and Trump's actually going to be the president. You're like, dude, okay, look, you need to stop. And these people are coming back because now that Trump is going to become the nominee, they're back with a vengeance. And it's like, oh my God, take your meds, seriously. Now again, there is, and this is where the whole swamp thing came from. It's like, can we just get away from calling it the swamp versus just saying political corruption? Because I feel like labeling it swamp still has the traces of the QAnon nonsense in there. It's like, we gotta trust the plan. It's like, no, 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 you don't realize. You just gotta, you gotta trust it harder. You're not trusting the plan hard enough. But you got, yeah, that's, that's the problem there. So yeah. So that's the Taylor Swift nonsense that I've been seeing all over the weekend. And I'm like, oh my God, I just, <laughs> sometimes you people, like you people, you just got to stop. You got to stop. Stop with this nonsense. It's like, you mean an already super famous liberal? And they're saying that the, the relationship between her and Travis, what's his nuts, is scripted. It's not real. And I'm like, well, um, possibly. Who knows? I mean, you're telling me that like Hollywood people don't get together for the sake of headlines. They do it all the time. They do it all the time. Gets clicks, gets views. You can you can push up another album, say whatever. So it's just kind of whatever. Happy Monday, you savage. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> someone's got a case of the Mondays. I do. I'm just, I got to stay off Twitter on the weekends because my God, some of these mouth breathers just make me want to blow my brains out because I listen to them. It's like, how is nature just not taking you out yet? Like well, you, you are, like how you, you go on Twitter right now and oh, God, you click I, on Chiefs. It's all, oh my it's God. Like all Taylor Swift stuff. Now, I'm here's like, the thing, though. And this, uh, this is what gets me. People call it a PSYOP. Now, has anybody... Now, hear me out before you pass judgment. Has anybody taken this possibility as a reasoning why the Chiefs are embracing Taylor Swift so much? Because much they're making less, money off of her? There you go. Yeah. The NFL as a whole are making so much money off of Taylor Swift. Kansas City Chiefs stuff, I guarantee you their paraphernalia is through the roof in sales. Travis, what's his nuts? I guarantee he's the new white Colin Kaepernick. Everybody's buying his jersey, except not to burn it this time. Take a knee, Colin. You'll be all right. So I really feel like people are missing that to where it's like she is a money-making machine. And with her comes the audiences. So it's like, of course the NFL is going to embrace her. I prefer they didn't instead of like, I'd like to watch my football without a side of stupid Swifties. That's just fair. And Swifty fans are the worst. I don't know if Swifty, I don't know which one's worse, QAnon or Swifties. Like, yeah, oh my God. I don't know. If I was a Chiefs fan, I'm not sure I'd be super excited about that. Like every time mm -hmm. they score or good She's play, good. Yeah. they cut to her to yeah. get her reaction. Like, uh. I mean, bro, remember, it was no different. I wouldn't say it was as famous as the Jessica Simpson, Tony Romo nonsense. Remember that? It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. I, I remember agree. it. But but yeah, everybody it, was like, it, it oh, Jessica Simpson's. About 15 minutes. Yeah, that's about all she's good for. The woman's dumb as a box of rocks, and he's no better. I'm sorry. Tony, Tony Romo was a very overrated quarterback. I so? Absolutely. Dude, look I think at his he's stats. a great commentator. I think he's a very good commentator. Well, I'm not denying that, but commentation then, versus, you know, playing the game is too totally. If a decent offensive line around him, I think he would have done a lot better. He didn't have a lot of pieces around him. Well, then it just is what it is. I mean, I mean the best team that they had was in 2016, and the fact that they didn't put him back in after mm. he was... I mean, oh, he got like, I'm sorry. Like every other day, that guy was getting a concussion. It was like that I movie. Know. It's um, because he didn't have an offensive line around true, that protect him. But at the same point, though, it came like Varsity Blues, that big fat dude, yeah. where every time he gets a concussion, it's like, bing, like tan, freaking tan. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're just pissing everybody off today. It's whatever. It's whatever. <laughs> I hope you're having a wonderful day. <laughs>
Ah, oh, Matt Walsh. He's getting a raise across the coals uh, on Twitter. And now, son of a bitch. That asshole. I don't hate Matt. I don't know, I don't know what's going uh, on. Uh, okay, so here's the thing. <sighs> Twitter drama. My God. Oh, my God. Um, Matt put out a tweet the other day and talked about something along the lines of DeSantis losing. He wasn't taking a jab at DeSantis. He was just kind of like, I'm glad the primaries are finally over so we can kind of unite and attack people on the left. And he's not wrong for what he said. And I agree. It's like, I'm ready for the primaries to be over as well. Just so I can watch Trump lose. Hey, oh, no, I'm going to whatever. Um, but Matt tweeted this out and there were some DeSantis people that went after him in a sense of like, Matt, I agree. And, and this is where it's like a very, very slippery situation. To where it's like this one gentleman, uh, Baptiste, I think his name on Twitter, and I follow him. He's a, he's a very insightful guy. Um, he basically went after Matt and said, "Look, you know, you've been milk toast at best with Ron DeSantis. Like you, you barely. I don't even think you like had him on your show at all. Like you weren't really showing that much support. He's, like, he's your guy. Like if you look at Matt 2020, 2021, 2022, very vocal about Ron DeSantis. Very vocal. Ben Shapiro as well. But come primaries, they were not very vocal." You couldn't really tell they were kind of trying to help DeSantis. It was more political commentating on kind of calling the plays, being the commentators, which, again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But I do feel if that is your guy and you genuinely want him to win, maybe do a little bit more. Now, people take that and say, you're saying that Walsh doesn't do enough in as far as conservatism. I'm not saying that. I'm saying Matt Walsh is one of the leading dudes out there. And let me finish this point before people go past in judgment. You're going to see how I can connect the dots here. Matt Walsh goes out there and does what is a woman. He is impacting culture. I will never take that away from him. Ben Shapiro has done a lot. They really screwed the pooch and they brought on Candace Owens. But either way, you know, but either way, these two gentlemen have done a lot for conservatism in general to include Michael Knowles and Jeremy Boring and the other guy, Scott Clavin or Clavin. Nobody really knows about him. It's kind of a shame. And he's, he seems like a very good, Andrew Clavin, Andrew Clavin, excuse me. He seems like a good dude, but he's just kind of like falling back a little bit. And these other guys, I don't know, but either way you look at someone like Michael Knowles, Michael Knowles is all in for Trump. And he's made that very apparent via his Twitter. He's tried to influence people into voting for Trump in the primaries, but you don't see that so much with Matt Walsh. Now, the reasoning behind it, I don't know. And if, if he doesn't want to, that's fine. I'm not saying that you have to. I'm not saying that you should. But the thing that kind of aggravates me, though, is we all know why he didn't. We all know. Now, let me remind you. Sounds like you're working on a conspiracy over there. Oh, follow the Taylor Swift rabbit down the, Charles, the, the Travis Hole, folks. Here we go. Now, you remember 2015 Glenn Beck? He was holding his finger. He was like holding so- his finger. <laughs> Taylor Swift gave a side-eye look and her hand did a certain little West Side thing and now Snoop Dogg forgave Trump. No, that's actually true. We're going to get to that story. Snoop Dogg and Trump are apparently cool now, so all things are gravy in the hood. Um, (laughs) That just made my week. I was like, hey, the war's over. We're done fighting with the freaking peasants in the the ghetto class. Wonderful. Uh, Anyway, so um, Glenn back in 2015-2016 lost a lot of support because he wouldn't back Trump lost a lot of subscribers, and then he started to see which direction the political winds were blowing. And then he puts on the MAGA hat, and he supports Trump. Okay, fair enough. Ben Shapiro made the same, I I don't even want to say mistake. They were being genuine. Ben Shapiro was basically saying, I will never vote for Donald Trump. Because he said, morally, I don't like the guy. And I understood where Ben was coming from. And I was like, morally, I don't like him either. 
But I feel like he's probably the better option as of all of them because at least you know your guy is, you know, morally corrupt going into it. You don't, you're not going to hit with any surprises later. It's like, look, he was a piece of crap and I voted for him. So I know he's, a, he's at least he's our piece of crap. Either way. So they took this positioning because I genuinely feel they lost a lot of support via subscribers, a lot of potential deals, um, a lot of other things like that. Because when you tend to not go with the political majority in the social media world, People are going to start not supporting you. We've seen the same thing with shell shock. You know, my lack of support for Trump has cost us customers. It's like, I'll never support John. He called me a cultist. Like, no, I call those that defend Trump blindly cultists. There's a difference, but you don't want to hear that. So anyway, that is the reference that I made to people like Matt Walsh. But Matt actually made it worse because that Baptiste guy, he retweeted and then said, y'all don't have any skin in the game. And I'm not lying on that one. And I felt that was very disingenuous. I know a lot of people in the DeSantis team, they're DeSantis supporters that on their own dime flew up to Iowa to canvas for him. It's like, uh, these are mom and dads, sons and daughters that do have skin in the game via the country. They're living paycheck to paycheck. And Matt came off very elitist with that. And so, I mean, I tweeted back at him. Oh, I even got to tweet at Cernovo, Cernovich, and I just straight up wrecked that idiot. It was like that more. I, bro, I hit him up. I was like, you don't want to do this with me on Twitter, bro. I was like, you've got nothing to win sparring with me. Number one, I'm smarter than you. Number two, you got like, what, 1.1 million followers? I got like 15,000. You're not going to win this one. I made that guy look like the biggest moron possible. But that's not hard because that's like winning the Special Olympics when you're a football player. It's like, bro, what did you really win? Come on. You shouldn't even be doing this. Cernovich, you should have known better. Don't, don't come at me, bro. I'm not, I'm not the guy you're going to like. Hey, my name is Mike Cernovich. Maybe take some gorilla Miley. Dude, you're a schmuck. You're a schmuck. Anyway, so Matt tweeted this out. And then there's some people saying, you know, stop attacking our own. It's like, but are they really our own? Like, here's the thing that I'm trying to get people to understand. They, these political, they call them conservative ink, con ink. Um, these people make money when things go bad. Because they can sit there, they can criticize it. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. This is what political commentary has been since the dawn of time, I guess. But I also feel like if you start going milk toast and you start fence sitting or you're clearly not showing as much ferocity in supporting your guy in the primaries because you're afraid of losing subscribers, you're afraid of the stuff, I kind of feel like that's very disingenuous. So all my point is, is this. When it comes to primaries moving forward, don't depend on these people. You just can't. Because ultimately, I feel like they're going to go where the money goes. Is it wrong? Well, I guess just a matter of how you look at it. They, they employ people. I get it. I don't personally agree with it. I think that, you know, I've made my position very transparent. Josh has made his position very transparent. And if people are going to turn you off because they don't like your positioning, then you don't really want them as listeners anyway. Because they're not going to teach you anything. They're not going to give you any accurate feedback. It's like, well, you don't like my guy, so we can't be friends. It's like, okay, that I, I don't care about that. I can understand the rationalization for why, and I even tweeted about this weekend. It's like, if you're voting for Trump, I'm not, but I do understand why you want to. You want to return to 2016 to 2018. I get it. Makes sense. Not against it. I do too, prior to COVID, quite honestly. It's like, but I felt like DeSantis was the better man to achieve that. Democracy spoke. They want Trump. Fair enough. I can't vote for Trump. I just can't. I feel like my principles don't align. 
But either way, I'm not going to sit here and actively root for Trump to lose just so Biden can win. And that's why people on Twitter are trying to take this juxtaposition that is very disingenuous of, well, if you're not supporting Trump, then you must be supporting Biden. It's like, no, I feel like they're both corrupt and they're both worthless. I'm not supporting either. I don't know who I'm voting for at this moment. I really don't know. But the point is, though, with the Matt Walsh's and stuff, it's like if you're going to not participate in the primaries, kind of like how Ron Paul didn't, it's like, I get it. You remember the whole, I've got an important announcement for you tomorrow. Tune in. And we're all like, who's he endorsing? Who's Ron Paul going to endorse? Or excuse me, Ron Paul. And then what did he come out and do? I'm just never Nikki. He wasn't going to support a candidate. He knew why. It's self-political preservation. You've got to realize, like, he took he took the smartest position you could. And folks, I know you're not going to like me saying this. This is not me saying this was right or wrong. I'm saying this is politics. This is what they do. Because if you're somebody like a Paul or a Massey or anybody like this, you're running on a Republican ticket, but you're a libertarian. And the only reason you're running on a Republican is libertarians are a joke. They can't, they cannot rally to save their lives. Their candidates, Joe Jorgensen and the rest of them, they're wackos. But Massey and the rest of them, it's like, you know, to actually stand a fighting chance, you got to run as a Republican. Makes perfect sense. So when you got like somebody like Paul, it's like, you're not going to throw your hat into the political arena to that level and risk uh, ostracizing yourself from your own voter base. In fact, Donald Trump has actually come out and endorsed the opponents of Thomas Massey because Massey is not a Trumper. That's a big deal to me. That is a big deal. That's, that's kind of sad. I'll be actually in a space with Thomas Massey on Twitter. I think it's January 29th, I think. Or is that today? No, when is this? I'll get back to y'all. I don't know. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but no, he's going to be there. Shannon Joy Radio is going to be there. Tracy Beans, I think, is going to be there. A lot of uh, commentators. It should be fun. And it's a fundraising space for Thomas Massey, which I was like, yeah, absolutely. I said, Thomas Massey, I, I would love to support that. I'd love to have him on the show. I think we're actually going to be able to make that happen here, hopefully, very soon. So we'll see. But um, to see people like that, and that's why you know, I made a tweet yesterday. I wanted to thank the likes of Dana Lausch, her husband, Chris, Chris Lausch, um, Dave Rubin, Steve Deese, and the Red. And I don't listen to Steve. You know, I don't listen to anybody, honestly. But a lot of these people, regardless of who they backed, I, I, I told them, I was like, thank you for actually standing up for your principles. Like the fact that you actually went against the grain because this is who you genuinely believe in. I respect the hell out of that. Thank you for doing that. You're welcome, buddy. Not you. You're a Trumper, you, you piece of crap. You are welcome. <laughs> but no, I was like, I thanked them. I was like, it was good to see that. And then, you know, of course, there's a lot of people that I'm going to miss. But thank you. And it's again, it's not about the DeSantis. It's like, thank you for standing up against the masses and actually having some testicular fortitude to stand up for what you genuinely believe in. Because not a lot of people are willing to do that. Once you get paid to that level, you really kind of start worrying about where the money's going. So that's why when Matt Walsh said, I got a lot of skin in this game and they don't, it's like, Matt, you can afford the security. You can afford all of these things. I, I have friends that have been doxxed on Twitter, lost jobs. You, you're a millionaire. You're fine. You're a-okay. Your skin in the game is you just got to spend a couple extra thousand on your personal security. That's literally about the extent of it. Now, I'm not saying it's not easy. I'm not saying your life is easy. I am certainly not trying to take away from the things that you have accomplished. But I am sitting here simply trying to remind you, don't forget where you came from. And don't forget the voices that you're supposed to be magnifying on your platform as a quote unquote conservative. So to sit there and tweet it out of people as if they don't have any skin in the game, it's very disingenuous. It's very, 
I don't know, man. Reeks of elitism. I, I tone it back a little bit. He moved on. Like I said, though, I don't hate Matt. I don't hate Ben. I don't hate Jeremy. I don't hate uh, Michael Knowles. I just think a lot of them are full of crap. And I, I generally don't feel like someone like Michael Knowles really actually likes Trump. I think that he just thinks Trump is going to be the one to win it. And he's going to back the winning guy. Because Michael Knowles is a very principled Catholic. Knowles and Shapiro are very similar in a sense of they want to back a political candidate that has a very similar moral background. And I'm like, good luck, dude. You're not going to find that. You will not find that in politics. But Knowles so adamantly supports Trump and the things that he tweets, you're just kind of like, what is wrong with you? Like, dude, you just got to go see the tweets for yourself. It's like, all right, bro. Because even if like, say he said this about DeSantis, I'm like, dude, that's like fanboy kind of stuff. You need to cool it because, you know, DeSantis did have some fanboys. And it was just one of those things of like, you got to take him with a grain of salt where it's like, yeah, no, no, you're too far at this point. Like DeSantis was sent by Christ to bring us back and lead us to the constitution. It's like, stop, stop. No, absolutely not. And people think that like, and now that the DeSantis thing is over, you see all the remaining DeSantis people on Twitter that your friends over this, you see them starting to splinter a little bit over who they're now going to support. A lot of them are pushing for RFK. And I'm like, I'm not voting for RFK. I will tell you that right now. I will not vote for that guy. The same guy that said, you know, after Parkland, the NRA is a terrorist organization. It's like, look, I don't like the NRA either, but they're not a terrorist organization. That's very distant. That's a lie. This guy is not pro 2A. And he was like, well, you know, he's changed his position. I don't care. I don't care. Because my thing is like, he can say he's changed. He basically said, I will not ban weapons unless, unless a bipartisan bill hits my desk and then I'll sign it. It's like, so then you don't support the 2A. You're just like, hey, I want to appease both sides. So I'm like, you know, I'm not going to sign it unless we have unanimous support and then I'll sign it. So what you're saying is you're going to position yourself as a fence rider and not take an absolute finite position. No, that's milk toast. That's called fence sitting. Those are worse than liberals. Do you think that would ever happen with gun laws, like outlaw weapons outright? As far as federally? Yeah. No. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's literally will not happen. Because number one, to make that amendment to the Constitution, you got to have a two-thirds majority. Not going to happen. Right. Will not happen. To make that amendment. I think the last amendment we had to the Constitution was in the... What gun laws would make you the most nervous? Any gun laws make me nervous. Any because it's not a matter of the law in and of itself. It's what it segues into. Right. So, again, what Trump did with red flags, that segues into a very, very dangerous situation of it's not the red flags did themselves. Did he implement red flag laws or did he talk about he it? He talked about it. I remember it. Tim talking about yeah, it. He saying, talked about it. You know, we need to get the guns first mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. But and then that turns around and enables basically Democrat lawmakers to come out and say, we've got a Republican, we've got a conservative president that is backing a Feinstein type of bill that energizes them to continue pushing on that. And Trump was going to basically, now here's the thing, like if you have the majority of Congress, he'd sign it. And it's like, dude, what the hell? So talking about it versus doing it, it's one and the same to me. RFK, same thing. He could talk about, you know, I don't want to do it, but if I get a thing, I don't, I don't want you to even be in that position to where you could do that. I don't trust you. So when it comes to people like RFK and the rest of them, I take them at their word. And then when they start gaining some momentum, look, say, for example, look at Beto O'Rourke. Same thing. He said, hell yeah, we're coming for your AK-47s, your AR-15s. And then he runs for governor against Abbott. What does he say? I got no interest in the Second Amendment. You did as president. So now what changed, Beto? You realize that taking that anti-2A stance in a Texas 
race, you're going to get slaughtered. And what happened? You got slaughtered. That guy's just a professional Moron. race runner. Oh, my. Yeah. Professional race. Yeah. Grifter. That's all he does. Absolutely. The only, so, the only words I want to hear of any of these candidates is border security at this mm. point. Yep. I agree. Um, border's still getting locked down from what I'm what I'm reading. Um, not all of it, of course. You know, they talked about Eagle Pass and the rest. And there's still a lot of border that's still wide open. But at least it's one thing after another. You know, they're going to take this. But I, I will not back down from this position of, why now? What took Abbott so long? Maybe it was just getting the federal government out of the way or what, I mean, they're, they what, they're, what they're having to deal with right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's not a small thing to yeah. tell the federal government, all right, get out of this area. We're taking it back over since you're yeah. not going to do anything about it. So I did see a tweet from the Border Patrol uh, Union, and they said that there is no civil war. We respect our National Guard counterparts. There will be no violence. I don't know. It's one of those things of like, cool, words mean nothing. Actions mean everything. So, you know, I don't know if like Tim Pool's still doing like civil war. It's like, it's not a civil war, dude. There's not going to, it's one of those things like this will be battled in the courts. And I don't think there's going to be a shot. I I don't think there'll be a shot fired. I really don't. I really don't. Um, I, because number one, that is going to be, that's an election killer for Joe Biden. Imagine what's happening right now. I think is an election killer for like, regardless of whatever he does, he already looks like a douchebag. Oh yeah, I agree. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that's the only advantage Trump has going into this race is that Joe Biden's dismal approval ratings, but will it be enough to bring more moderate Democrats and independents to vote for you? That's the ultimate question. I think it will. I think it's like border security, energy independence, Mm -hmm. and then taking care of the middle East and what's going on over there. I think those big three things, I mean, I think Trump can accomplish just those three things. I think yeah. he could secure the border. All he has to do is just undo what Biden did. Energy independence. Yeah. And then, you know, fix Well, the border, what, that's going to come from the House. Whether or not, you know, he can get the funding, it depends. He can he, do executive orders, can he? To get he will, there but and, it's not that. You see, that's the problem, though. We've got to get out of this mindset of an executive order is going to be a permanent. Now, it'll be, it'll be great for the next four years. Right. That, of course, naturally. Who wouldn't want that? It's like a temporary solution. But also, it comes into play of, can Trump help like secure the house. Will we lose Congress? And there's a lot of political predictions of saying we're going to lose Congress. And if we lose Congress, it doesn't matter if he's the president, nothing will get done. It will be a stalemate, which in a weird screwed up kind of way is exactly what you want, but with the border already secured. So unfortunately, now, I think uh, governor Abbott should sue Biden. I thought the, he the, did the administration. I think he did. Did he? I think it. Yeah. I, I genuinely think he did. Hold on. Let me look it up. I remember reading that a while back. Um, uh, Abbott sues Biden. I could have swore he did. Um, blah, 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 blah. Everything's over the most recent cases. That's what I hate about Google. Like you try and go back to, yeah, uh, Greg Abbott sues Biden over a COVID vaccine order. Uh, Abbott sues Biden over requirement that National Guard has to get the vaccine. So I don't know if I've, there's been anything in regards to the border, but he has sued the Biden administration, but I guess over just COVID related stuff. Um, either way, the SCOTUS gave Biden a temporary win as far as like saying that, yeah, Abbott can't stop from Border Patrol agents going in there and ripping down the wire. But Abbott said, I don't care. We're going to hold the line. And I love how Democrats are like really like this crab, the Crapsenstein brothers over on Twitter. Like, so what you're saying is you're going to you're above the rule of law. It's like, yeah, because it's constitutionally protected and the SCOTUS is wrong. That's just the way it is. Yeah. If you don't like it, grab a gun, Crapsenstein. Freaking nerd. Beta I, bro. I, I, yeah, I freaking hate those. those dude. Oh, my God. I had a mute. I'm like. Who is listening to these douchebags? Liberals. Liberals. But it's been interesting that Elon bought the platform and suddenly these hard leftists have taken a more centrist position for the clicks. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, the, the craps I, and stains. I, I yeah, to, just I had to mute a bunch of they're them. Stupid. I just couldn't take it. I'm like, the, oh, yeah. these, their takes are just so garbage. <laughs> like, he, he did a tweet the other day. It said like Democrats aren't saying that we just want an open border for people to come over it. It's like, ah, uh, that's exactly what they're saying. What the hell? Where have you what been? What do you think's going on, dummy? That's called like gaslighting in its best form. Well, I don't think so. Dude, you just need to get your somebody to break your nose because you're an idiot. Somebody beat this guy's ass and delete him off Twitter. Like you don't know what you're talking about, and you are intentionally misrepresenting an entire political side stance on an issue because you just don't want to lose. Because again, when you see the tides turning to where even more Democrats are coming out saying this border is an issue. You. Then these grifters like the crap scenes are going to start trying to shift the Overton window back the opposite direction saying, well, hold on. Democrats never wanted this. Like, yes, you did. So you talked about the great replacement theory. Biden told him to come. Come on. Open border. All right. Let's get today's episode. Hey, if you're watching on Twitter, do me a favor. Retweet it. We're going to delete the episode after it's over, though, because I'm going to get banned. Um... Because I don't know how draconian the Twitter terms of services are for some of the things we talk about, but we'll say. All right, this episode is brought to you by ShellshockCBD.com. Hey, have you checked out our tattoo bomb? Josh, we hold that one over there. Hold it up over there. That's the roll-on, genius. Oh, there, tattoo bomb. Oh. There it is. That boy. There we go. You still high? <laughs> <laughs> this is the tattoo bomb Josh is holding up. Uh, this thing right here, uh, it's great for your tattoos. It, number one, it's CBD, and it's great for your skin. This right here, if you've got eczema, if you've got acne, if you've got psoriasis, this does wonders. Now, how do I know this? We've got plenty of testimonials, and it's 20 bucks. This thing right there is 20 bucks. Now, guess what? It also comes with a money-back guarantee. If it doesn't work for you, like we described to do, and it doesn't help you with your acne, your eczema, your psoriasis, things like that, and your skin. Dry skin. Dry skin, because CBD is amazing for inflammation and skin irritant and issues and things such as that. If it doesn't work, we'll refund your money. It's only 20 bucks. But the reason I want you to try this, though, folks, is to trust us. Trust our business. Try it with this and see for yourself. If it works for you, wonderful. Give us the opportunity to earn your business for life. And if it doesn't work for you, don't buy from us ever again. We're that confident. Again, shellshockcbd.com. This is the CBD topical. No, there is no THC in this. You will not fail a drug test. You have a personal guarantee. Every single one of our products are third-party tested for, number one, quality of ingredients, and to showcase the ingredients that we say are in there are actually in there. What we do is we send these products off to a third-party testing facility. They actually do the ratings on this. They send us back what's in the ingredient, the chemical makeup and compounds. You can see it for yourself. Everyone has a, a uh, certificate of analysis on their COA, and you can see it for yourself. And no, they don't make this up. We don't pay them off to say that. That is actually very illegal. You go to jail for that. So again, go see for yourself. Shellshockcbd.com. The tattoo bomb is amazing. No, it's not lube. Don't use it for that. But we do have lube. Check it out. All right, let's get into the show. How we doing? How we doing, folks? Hopefully you're having a great day. Um, you want to take some calls? No, not yet. We got to get into the news. All right, we got the first one. This hit right as the weekend started. The Trump to pay E. Jean Carroll over $83 million in defamation damages jury rules. I'm not going to lie. Now, do I think this whole thing is BS? Absolutely, I do. Absolutely, I do. I had Viva Frey, like, trying to tweet. Was, so you're supporting this communist thing? He's like, bro, you need to calm the hell down, bro. Get the, get, the, get the curls out of your hair for a second, all right? Chill out. What I'm doing is I'm participating in the dogpiling on MAGA that MAGA does for DeSantis people. That's just Twitter culture. And if you don't like it, don't get involved in it. Now, here's the deal. The first trial, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the first trial was baloney. It was ridiculous. 
The fact that he lost and had to pay her $5 million was ridiculous. The fact that a woman can accuse a guy and then have no evidence. And again, he wasn't convicted of actual rape. I forget what the actual conditions were. It was something, do you remember? It wasn't actual yeah, let me rape. Look it up. Yeah, it was. It was stupid. It was stupid. And I was like, okay, he can appeal. He could probably appeal this or go to the lawyers and say, you know, we're not, we're not doing this. So I think even the Santos people, we were like, dude, this is ridiculous. This is the weaponization of the judicial system to go against somebody like Trump. As you know, again, I don't like Donald Trump, but at least be honest enough to say, like, this is bullshit. It said, uh, pardon my French, a jury finds Trump liable for battery and defamation. No, uh, talking about the first trial or this one? That was for May 9th. Okay. Defamation. That's one thing. The battery, though, it's like, where's the proof in this? Now, we're not in the courtroom. We're not seeing the evidence. I don't know. I I genuinely don't know. But it's like, this is the Christine Ballsy Ford scenario that we faced when Kavanaugh was being confirmed by Congress. And what happens? A woman from 35 years in the past, who's also ugly as a sack of catcher's mitts, says that, friggin' Kavanaugh raped her? Lady, have you seen you? No, no, you're hideous. Why is someone going to risk jail for trying to rape? No, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm making that. But up. what's amazing? I'm, I'm not. Let that- me clarify. Rape isn't about looks. I will say that right now. Rape is about power. So making a joke there. But either way, the situation doesn't change. Accusations are not proof. They're just accusations. I can say that Josh raped me. Now am I? Do I get awarded eighty three million dollars? That's ridiculous. That's a clown. That's a clown show. Now. Here's where it aggravates me with Donald Trump. He loses the case. And what does he do? Instead of fighting it in the courts, appealing it as I think he did. Yeah. He went out and just started slandering her again. So the second case, I don't feel genuinely was a clown show. I feel in a sense of like the first case definitely set the precedence for this one. Tim Parlator has been on the show, did a very good analysis of this. He's like, I don't think you were ever going to get a fair trial after how you acted after the during and after the first one. So it's kind of like, here's the deal. Jurors can be influenced by your attitude. Is it messed up? Yes, it is. Absolutely, it is. Can a judge be influenced by your attitude? Is it messed up? Absolutely, it is. But yes, they can. So you've got Alina Haba, who, by the way, A lot of lawyers are coming out saying she is a horrible lawyer, not for the sake of her representing Donald Trump, but in the fact of she's made some very, very rookie mistakes. Again, Tim Parlator, I need to kind of uh, get her on the show again. Uh, Not him. Uh, Tim Parlator, I need to get him on the show because he does a very, very good. Again, I'm not a lawyer. This guy is. He actually worked for Trump and he goes into very good detail. He talks about how you were never going to get a fair second shake because of how you acted during the first. And then she made some very, very rookie ass mistakes. Now, a lot of this can be uh, chalked up to when Marina Medvin came on the show, uh, J6 lawyer defendant, and she said that Trump can't find lawyers because nobody wants to work for him. Number one, the first thing that any good lawyer, and I'm being honest here, the first thing any good lawyer would tell Donald Trump is this. He would sit him down and say, you are going to shut the hell up. You are going to stop talking and someone's going to change your password on true social. Because you are making it impossible for me to represent you and win your case. That's the first thing Trump needs to do is shut up. So the second trial, as far as defamation goes, this dude was out there going after her. So already you've got a JV lawyer that, you know, again, she's like the Johnny Cochran of this day and age. Like she loves this. She's getting paid no matter what. Because here's the deal. This is the thing about lawyers. Once they get what they need from you, they will toss you away. She's going to be fine, man. 
She's going to be the lawyer that represented Donald Trump. Now, you've got some people out there saying like, oh, they screwed her over. You got some people saying, no, she's just a crappy lawyer. Doesn't matter. She has made a name for herself and she will go on and continue to represent people. She just lost two cases, two very big high profile cases. And what are people in MAGA already saying? If I need a lawyer, I'm calling her. It's like, if you want to have your traffic charge up to a freaking murder, then absolutely go ahead and call her, which was a meme, by the way. I didn't make that up. Um, It's hilarious to me. It's a cult. It's a cult. So this is the issue that I have with Donald Trump. It's like your first one, I agree, was BS, but you did yourself no favors by the tweeting, the slandering. It's like, bro, you straight up defamed her. We've been down this road before when it comes to defamation and slander and libel. We've been down that road because we've had to deal with that. And I'm telling you, it's hard to make that case because ultimately you got to be able to prove fiscal damages. Are the accusations that you made at me, number one, are they true or false? If they're false, how can I prove fiscal damages caused by this? I've looked into this. It's hard. But when you're Donald Trump and you've got every eye on the world on you and you're tweeting things out, it's like, ah, there's the proof, Your Honor. So it wasn't that he just defamed her. He defamed her on the international stage, the international stage. So then you've got the same people out there saying like, well, the system is rigged. It's like, I'm not lying that it's not in certain areas, but you're certainly not doing yourself any favors by running your orange Cheeto mouth. Shut the hell up. Like, stop talking. So it's like, I don't feel sorry for you anymore. I really don't. Like, it's one thing to be targeted by a weaponized DOJ that you actually helped back while you were in presidency. I, to be completely fair, the FBI that spied on you, you did nothing. Instead, you know, you want to do the exact opposite. So it's like, it's hard to really feel sorry for you when you're kind of a victim of the own circumstances that you helped create. So the second trial set everybody over the moon. Oh, it's bullshit. And it's like, look, I get where they're coming from. But this also comes with the same team that you'll never criticize Donald Trump. You just won't do it. So while that 83 million, he lost the case. I do have to break up the, uh, I, I, have to, I have to say this one thing. People said, well, that 83 million, that's over the top. It's like, is it? He did it on the international stage. This was not a newspaper article. This was not a radio spot. This is not a Fox headline. This was the ex-president of the United States doing this on the international stage. Now, I'm not trying to justify it. I'm saying this is how I'm feeling. A lot of those jurors are looking at this like, dude, yeah, like you went up there and into the entire world and you've got a megaphone and people listen to you. So is the 83 million over the top? Yes, it is. But I do get why they went that high with it. Now, realistically speaking, everybody says he's going to appeal this. I don't think he's going to win the appeal. I don't think he's going to win the appeal. Not in New York. Not in New York, he won't. And that's where it's going to have to be. Like, I, I just don't feel like he's going to win that. And you need to get rid of Habibi. I keep wanting to call her Habibi. <laughs> Haba, you need to get rid of her. You need to get a better lawyer. But that's the problem. Nobody, uh, Rudy Giuliani ain't going to do it. And by the way, there's rumors that he's suing Trump for unpaid legal fees. There's, bro, there's just so much drama. There's so much baggage. It's, it's amazing what the government can do with our tax dollars. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. An endless yeah. amount of money to just destroy yeah. people's lives because they did the same thing to Mike Flynn. Mm-hmm. Well, Mike Flynn, you know, you turn around and you start looking at some of the things this guy tweets. Like, it's hard to have your side when some of the stuff you say is just completely stupid. This guy's a QAnon guy. He's a QAnon Mike kook. Flynn? Yeah. He's... he's I've seen some of his tweets. Regardless of his tweets or anything like that, the fact that he had to go through what he went right. through was yes. bullshit because none I of agree. it was true. I agree. So regardless of what... But I, they certainly I don't mean, make the case to help them out as far as... They should as be able them. to say whatever the fuck... Oh, absolutely. Whatever yeah. they want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that well, doesn't, yes that doesn't no. mean that you, they... Go, you can't libel or you can't slander people, though. Uh, 
Aside from slandering yeah. people. Oh, you're just but, saying in general. Yeah. Okay. You should yeah, be yeah, able yeah. to go out there and say, yeah, I think this is, you know, this is what I think happened. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I believe in QAnon or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or the, ha- you should even be able to say yeah. the election was rigged. Yeah. I agree with that. Absolutely. You should be. But when, <laughs> and that's why you got to walk We don't live in that. a place where we see equal justice for each yeah, other. It's not like that. I agree. But at the same time, don't give them more ammunition to use against you. Instead, you know, go the opposite direction with it. And Trump doesn't do that. They really don't help their own case. So either way, on Twitter, it was just, oh, my God. It was a minefield of just insanity when he lost this case. And it's like, yeah, is this case BS? Yes, it's BS. Did Trump actually defame her on the second one? Yeah, I think he did. And if you disagree, that's fine. The jury found him guilty. It is what it is. You know, every lawyer's got their own little two cents to throw in this one. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a legal expert. I'm just going based upon what I'm seeing in the news. It's like, is it unfair? Yes, it is. As far as the first trial goes, second trial, did you defame her? You can go look back at his true social. It's like, yeah, you kind of did. You kind of did. I have to go back and look at the... And then he says that he never knew her. There's literally pictures of him with her. So it's like, dude, you're already lying. He's met her. He knew her. Do you think he, I don't know. I mean, I'm did sure he the actually guy, rape her? No, no. I'm sure he, he's met millions of people, at least hundreds of thousands of people. But there's photos. There's know? like already photos in existence that have been brought up multiple times. And then you're saying, I yeah. never met her. It's like, dude, what is this? Like, it's a photo. It'd be well, like Trump saying, I've never met Epstein. It's like, dude. makes me nervous about this whole thing is that it could happen to anybody oh. who doesn't vote Democrat or lean left. But is it? Uh, well, look at all the January 6th people. You think? But they were guilty of that. All of them? You think, well, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, talking about, I'm talking about the ones that so actually broke through. That guy, yeah. Owen Schroyer, yeah. that uh, Alex Jones guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had to spend time in jail. I mean, there's a bunch of people. What did he spend a time in jail for? For being there. I thought he wasn't there. Uh, he was. He, I think he was outside. Either way, oh, he okay. spent like, I don't know, six months in jail. Yeah, yeah, I so agree. I think there are, yeah. there are weaponizations of the judicial system. So I you agree. should be able to go to the White House and protest peacefully. Oh, yeah. Without having to go to jail. I agree. I agree. And I think that's what's happening. So that's what makes me nervous about this stuff. Because if they're doing it to this guy, who mm -hmm. is a president of the United States Mm -hmm. and has all kinds of money behind him, they can do it to anybody. It just depends on who you get. I I don't know, dude. I think there's a lot of BS in that, but I also think that Trump isn't as innocent as he makes himself out to be. I'm sure he's not. That's the problem. I mean, I don't know the guy. I don't think it's like... Just everything is innocent and everything is guilty. I think like it's um it's like the the pendulum keeps swinging in various directions. It's like I don't I don't know. I'm done. I'll be honest with you. I'm over it. I'm tired of the baggage. I'm tired of the drama. He's got his New York case in like two weeks. And he's doing it all again. So it's like I'm just look. I got other things I got to worry about. I don't care about Donald Trump. Those are your problems, dude. We had the Santos. We had a fix. We chose different. This is what we got. And here's the other thing. Now they're talking about speculation is in May potentially. Don't know if this is true or not. The left is going to roll out Michelle Obama. I don't know. Sounds like QAnon stuff. No, Ted Cruz called it. There's a lot of people calling. Andy Vercillo's called this. I said, like, though, there's no way. Mm-hmm. They need to roll her out now if they're going to do this. Because, again, May, that leaves you May, June, July, August. That leaves you, like, what, seven, eight months to campaign on, run on. Um, I don't know if that's a lot of time. But either way, um, supposedly Biden's supposed to decline in health, which the guy's already a freaking, you know, vegetable. Um, <laughs> what is that? He's, de- he's going to decline. It. What? No, no, no. He's going to step down. But um, did you hear him? Oh, my God. Did, did we talk about him on the last show? What he said? Did we do? Did we, I think we did. I think we did talk about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jeez. 
I feel like Joe Biden is just kind of like, dude, you got one foot in the grave, the other on a banana peel. Just make it happen already. Like, please, just God or Satan, take him. Just take him, please. <laughs> Satan, take him home. That's <laughs> true. I carry that offense. Um, so, Michelle Obama, I will say this. If they roll out Michelle Obama, Trump is going to get creamed. I sincerely feel because the Obamas are the golden children of the left. Democrats love Obama. They love him. He was not a great president. He was like mediocre at best. Third worst. At best. Okay. So, but they love him. Number one, he was the first black president and that resonated with the left. They loved that. It was a sign of equality. And then wasn't it kind of interesting how race relations under Obama just plummeted? Do y'all remember this? You remember George Zimmerman? Remember all this nonsense? The Trayvon Martin defending a little gangster? If I had a son, he'd be like Trayvon. Well, then your son would be dead, Obama, because you're a crap father. Okay? Race relations went to crap. It plunged America into the most racist time since Jim Crow, which I kind of think we all saw that coming because I felt like Obama's election was going to bring out the racists, regardless of which political side they're on. That's, that's a given. You know that's going to happen. Because the racists will be genuine and they're like, oh, we got a black president. So yeah, they're going to come out. Fair enough. But then he didn't do anything as far as like really kind of to unite the country. So, but with Obama though, the left loved him. Now you bring up Michelle Obama. Well, folks, we've not had a female president and we've not had a female black president. Oh, bro. And Kamala, she, I don't know what the hell she is. She's worthless what she is. But you give me a Michelle Obama, that's going to rally the left. Number one, moderates love her. Far leftists? I don't know. That's a good question. But I don't feel like the far leftists are in control of the DNC. I really feel like it's the moderates. So we'll see. Don't know what's going to happen. No clue. Maybe she doesn't run. Some people are like, no, Michelle's more of a private person. She she appreciates her her privacy. She doesn't want to get in her hat to the rings. Like, I don't know. Barack's already backed um, Biden. But it is a possibility because I'm telling you this right now. The DNC, if they run Biden, I don't know if he's going to beat Trump. It's going to be very close. I don't know. Because after this last election, he lost the blue wall. You know, um, he lost Arizona, lost Georgia. You look at the midterms, you know, we lost a lot of congressional races. I don't know. I genuinely don't see the pathway to 270. But either way, we'll see what happens. But anyway, uh, Trump owes E. Jean Carroll now a total of $86 million. Which, here's the other thing, though. And I called this. I was like, okay. See if he continues to run his mouth about Eugene Carroll. He's not. He knows. Do it again. She'll sue you again. And she'll win again. Trump just learned an $86 million lesson. Now, here's how stupid. Here's how stupid this is. Okay? This is what we're talking about. Political savvy. Yep. And understanding which battles to pick. Trump accuser. E. Jean Carroll teases how she's going to spend the $83 million in court. She's going to give it to the Democrats? Yep. Yeah, that's a shocker. Yeah. I wonder if he could sue her in Florida for defamation. I mean, I mean if he, he could just throw lawsuits out. Yeah, you could take that case, but it's just like, okay, wh what's the defamation? Like him denying I'm all sure, the stuff? Yeah, I'm sure he could come up with something. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's accusing me that I say that I raped her 30 that's, years ago. It's a possibility. It's not true. She produced no, no evidence. It's a possibility. I, I don't know, dude. I think it's one of those things of like, you lost that one, back away from it. You're not going to win it. This article comes to us from Fox News. Um, and here's the deal. <laughs> let, me, let me just clarify this. 
Biden's going into this election with over a hundred something million dollars in the war chest. Okay. They're act. They got a lot of money. They're ready. Is this really going to change anything? I genuinely don't feel like it will. You can say like she donates 20 million to the Democrats. I don't think that's going to save you from having a vegetable for a candidate. I don't think you're going to buy out this election like you were planning on doing. Cause I really feel like Democrats by and large, I don't think they like Joe Biden. But then I saw Gavin Newsom. Did you see the interview he did? No. Oh, my gosh. Like, I couldn't tell when he was talking because it looked like he has Biden's dick in his mouth the whole time. It's like, he's the greatest, most principled president. What are you talking about? Like, literally, California could be on fire behind him. All, like, the rapes and fentanyl pouring over the border, the the crime-ridden America. Democrat cities are burning down. Here he's like, hey, he's a principled president. He's not racist. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. You're like, bro, there's literally someone dying behind you from an illegal immigrant murdering them. What are you talking about? But, bro, these slimy politicians are so out of touch with the voter base because it's not about you, the people. It's about their side winning. That's all they care about. Because if Newsom supports Biden and Biden wins, guess what Newsom gets? More favoritism. Again, Bend the knee to the court jester, bend the knee to the king, and you'll forever be in his good graces. That's the crazy part. That's the crazy part about this. So Newsom does this interview, and he's just praising Joe Biden as the next thing since sliced bread. And you're just like, dude, even your own voters recalled your sorry ass. Like you, (laughs) it's like, dude, you're horrible. You are a horrible governor. So, but hey, wait, we got some great news here. Breaking, breaking great news here, folks. Are you ready for this? Here we go. Snoop Dogg vows nothing but love and respect for D-Dizzle. He's tired of a shitty economy. No, no, that's not the reason. You'd think it would be, but again, these celebrities, they're made for life. The economy, we could go into a Great Depression, they're going to be fine. Snoop Dogg used an interview Sunday to reveal he has nothing but love and respect for former President Donald Trump. The rapper was taking part in a long-form exchange with the UK Sunday Times journalist Jonathan Dean when he made the declaration of fond regard for the man seeking a return to the White House in 2024, starting with a laugh. Donald Trump, he ain't done nothing wrong to me. He's done only great things for me. He pardoned Michael Harris. So I have nothing but love and respect for Donald Trump. Well, interestingly enough, Snoop, I still remember the video you did where you were shooting a replica of Donald Trump. Man, he ain't done nothing. Man. Like, are you getting your political advice from a stoned out pothead rapper? That's a piece of shit in real life. Like, really? Really? That's where you're getting your political savvy from? Sneep, snip, snip, duo, double, double. With my man, now my man, him, my man, him, my man. This nerd? Really? Harris, the co-founder of Snoop Dogg's first label, Death Row, was in prison for drug offenses when the then-president set him free, as Breitbart News reported. Trump handed out more than 100 pardons at the time, including clemency to Harris, 59, who was serving a sentence at the Lompoc Federal Correction Institute in California. Rap mogul and drug kingpin, who was set to be released in 2028, was found guilty of attempted murder and cocaine trafficking more than three decades ago. But hey, Snoop says, you free my boy Dip Dizzy, Wizzle. Like Mary King says, free my boy Dip Dizzy. You free my boy, straight up little G Compton with the West Side Muzzy Brand, throwing up some weird retarded looking fingers at gang sign, whatever. That shit's so cringe. It's like, it's like some kind of Lord of the Rings. Rip-off. But that's where Snoop's loyalties lie. 
So as long as, you know, he gets what he wants, it's not that Trump did good for the economy for two years. It's not that Trump actually isn't a racist and actually does believe in equality, and I'll give him that. No, no, it's because he freed your friend that was in prison for attempted murder. Now, forget the drugs. I don't care about it. I think all drugs should be legal, so I don't care. I think it's bullshit. But, but, ain't done nothing to me. That wasn't the case when you did the music video shooting the guy. So why would you change your opinion? Why wouldn't you change your opinion? Or why did you, rather? Excuse me. Reese in the chat makes a very good point, but did he pardon any of the J6ers? And yes, he could have. He could have issued a blanket pardon. It's doable. Legally, it's been proven. Trump didn't. But we did get a pardon for Bannon, so that's good. You know, the obese fat man-looking troll, we got him. That's good. That's, that's a good trade. So he could have pardoned all those people who were convicted after 2021? Yeah. He could have issued a blanket pardon of anybody involved in today's thing. I pardon them. Yeah. Because it was really? looked in by a lot of legal experts out there saying, yes, he could have done it as his last act of presidency. He didn't. Now, realistically, I also don't think he knew the extent of how bad it was going to be after the fact. But, bro, when you got people breaking into the White House, and here's the other thing that, that people on the right are not going to like me for. Why would you? You know, if you're breaking windows and that kind of... That's what I'm saying. And and people don't want to hear the side of it. Because here's the thing. I don't like Trump. But I don't necessarily... I don't know if those were actually Trump supporters or if they were plants. Doesn't matter. But here's... here's, here's, I get what you're saying. Because John Sullivan for the BLM was in there. He was doing... He was videotaping. In fact, he he videotaped Alina Baba getting shot. That was him. But he was BLM. not in jail. Nope. Not charged on anything. Black man got away with it. That's DEI. No, seriously. Trump didn't know about those J6ers that didn't even step foot inside the Capitol getting arrested. So, to be fair, you could take the positioning of he could have pardoned everybody, which would have covered those that were prosecuted unjustly. True enough. So, it's kind of like, this is the thing with Trump. It's like, it's never black or white. There's so much gray that you can't come to an accurate final outcome without there being so many holes in your stories, regardless of which way you look at it. And I'm tired of that. I'm tired of this bullshit, quite honestly. But... Either way, Snoop Dogg, well, I guess the beef is over. So thank God for that. He he pardoned, he pardoned a freaking attempted murder guy that was supposed to be in prison until 2028. Great job. Just stupid. Just stupid. Mark Cuban. Does this guy kind of look like he's got a touch of something? He, he kind of looks like, I don't know. Weird? I don't know. Mark Cuban seems to forget himself. Marky Mark, the fat one. Kind of. He looks like he could play like Frankenstein's ogre servant. Yes, master. Yes, master. (laughs) That's him. Or that or Igor. He'd play a good Igor. He would. Yeah. He's got got the Frankenstein for him. Put some bolt in his neck. Yeah, you got it. It is. Paint him some green. Yeah. (laughs) Fake news in the chest. He's got a touch of the gay. Yeah, I don't know about that. But Mark Cuban says he will short companies who think diversity is negative. I'm telling you what I think is good for business. You better watch yourself there, Cuban boy. When you go against a majority of people on the internet and you throw out the bait in such a fashion, you're going to lose. You're not rich enough to take on the entire internet. How do we know this? Do you remember AMC stocks and the rest of this? You remember like two or three years ago? Remember that? 
Business magnate Mark Cuban has expressed his view that diversity within a company provides a competitive edge. This guy's too dumb for his own his own his own good. He says that DEI is good in the sense that essentially a white dude you won't resonate with black communities. So we need to get a black person in here to resonate with them. It's like, but isn't in that, in a sense, pandering to a specific race because you think that they think differently based upon race. How is that in of itself not racist? Now, here's the thing though. He's not wrong. And this is the hypocrisy of liberals in general. You say one thing that in and of itself is pretty true, but that truth in and of itself, according to your own standards, is racist. Think about what I just said. Think about it. Like, really think about it. Like, hey, the only way we're going to win over somebody like John Burke is to get another white guy in here. Because, you know, he only resonates with white people. It's like, you're, you're telling me that I, I couldn't, like, resonate with black people? Like, I, I, I couldn't have, like, a black salesman and he couldn't convince me because he's black? How is that not racist? You see, this is the positioning of most white liberals. You look down your nose at black people. You, you paint them in such a fashion in a sense of like a white dude is not going to resonate with them to an extent there will be certain groups yes and they're racist but and that's what i'm saying he's not wrong in that aspect but to generalize an entire group of people is pretty freaking racist so old cuban boy you think you're doing good and you just keep digging deeper and i'm here for it i'm clapping all the way as you're tunneling to china but it doesn't stop there he doesn't stop there this is the beauty about this like it's hilarious he says in a tweet, he says, uh, somebody responded to him. Lance Doc Pearson says, so what you're saying is you are fine with someone concluding that a lack of diversity is a competitive advantage in their business and only hiring one race of people, correct? You simply have a different judgment about what is best for your business. Mark Cuban responds with this. He says, I'm not telling anyone how to run their business. Actually, you, you kind of are. You keep harping on DEI and DEI is a massive failure in and of itself is racist. He says, I'm telling you what I think is good for business. But if you find the companies who think diversity is a negative, let me know. I want to short them or compete against them. This guy's a total douchebag. You're an idiot. Now, I like how he framed this. He didn't frame it as DEI. DEI, diversity, uh, what is equity, equity and, inclu and inclusivity. inclusivity. He just said diversity. Now, what does diversity mean? Well, diversity of sex, diversity of skin tone, diversity of... What does diversity mean? You see, in and of itself, it doesn't sound bad. Of course, who doesn't believe in diversity? But this is the problem with people like Cuban. It's not diversity of thought. Because in his mind, diversity of thought comes with diversity of skin color. Which I can understand why some people think that way. But that's also automatically making the assumption that all black people think the same. It's like, that's kind of racist. Does that, does that make sense? Am I making sense here? Or am I just still high? Like, I don't know. I can't tell sometimes. <laughs> but when he says diversity, bro, say DEI. Don't say diversity. You just kind of like, it's like, well, yeah, diversity isn't bad, but we talking about diversity of thought or diversity of race and sexuality. Because yeah, I'll be the first one to tell you, if you're hiring based upon sexuality, yes, I'm against you and I'm against diversity. Now, Bring it on, big boy. What are you going to do? Is he going to do the same thing for the pilots? Mavericks? That, nope. No, for the pilots that fly as jets that take them no. places. Yeah. Or is he going to implement no. this same sort mm -hmm. of yep. logic? Yep. Man, if it ain't a black woman flying that plane, I ain't getting on it. I want diversity. I can't wait to get on a plane with a trans wackadoo pilot. Hey, guys. We're going to fly from Dallas, New York. I just want you to know I got my man period. 
So I might have to take some breaks to go slip a tampon in my anus. Really? Mark Cuban's a moron. Mark Cuban is a great representative of like, you did enough to make enough money to where you're smart enough to make more money. It takes money to make money. Fair enough. Like you're a very intelligent dude in that aspect. But Mark Cuban and his own little pharma company he started has almost absolutely zero diversity. There's like one or two Hispanics in that board of directors and the rest of them. Oh, guess what color they are? Mm, yeah. Chinese. No. Nope. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's not a color, but still. Is it? You can't say yellow. That's racist. It's a race, isn't it? Yeah. Race of Chinese people? Both. Race and a nationality, but still. They were all white. No diversity there. There's no, there, wasn't one, there wasn't one single black person on that board. None. I better see some Asians on that Dallas Mavs team. No, you, it'll never happen. No, his reasoning was there's other diverse people in the back end of stuff. It's like, but bro, it doesn't matter. Why won't you give some short people a chance? Yeah, Get come on, there. Marky Mark. Put your money where your forehead or mouth is. Seriously. Put some short people on the team. Oh, also, do you think like an all black team, almost all black team is an adequate representation of our culture or our society? Because I'm telling you this right now, they're 14 to 13% of the population. Majority is white. But that team is damn near all black. Why don't we have equal representation in the NFL? <gasps> well, suddenly, if it's for white people, it's racist. But if it's for black people, it's okay. That's still racism. Now, some people will call that reverse racism, but there's no such thing. Racism is racism is racism. It doesn't matter. It's hilarious to me. And if you think that wasn't dumb enough. Oh, we got Oh, my God. A trans vets, trans vets sue to have your taxpayer money cover their gender affirming surgery. With what I've just said, with what I have just said, do you really feel like federalized health care is the way to go? And some people do. Some people genuinely do. I'm not making that. This is insanity. This is insanity. You've got some fruitcake. You got some nut job that wants to chop his schlong off and says that you, the government, have to pay for it. That doesn't seem crazy to anybody. No, because like, when you repeat a lie normally, or when you repeat, when you repeat a lie enough, it becomes normalized and believable. And that's why people like me sit here and say trans people are not real. There are only two genders. You're made up. You're just fruitcakes that want to chop your genitals off. Because I got to go back to the schizophrenia thing. If yeah. somebody's walking around thinking they're four or five different people, then you'd be like, this person has problems. We need to get them some help. Yeah. No, no. And you don't empower them not, either. Yeah, yeah. we're not going to empower them. Send that guy to the White House to make some TikToks. But if you just want to dress up like a woman or you want to dress up like a man, uh, I don't but care. But I feel like it's kind of like the domino effect, though. At what point does it stop? We well, saw this I mean, with the LGBT because before it was like, LGBT. Hey, I'm a man, but I'm going to dress like a woman. That's fine. I don't care. I don't care how you dress or yeah, anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But if you're going to start, if you're a man and you think you're a woman, you're going to start telling people you're a woman. Well, then we're going we're to have an issue because that's clearly but not that's the case. What, but that's what I'm trying to say, though, is like what you've just said is the reason why we're in there. Because I, I assume the same positioning, too. It's like live and let love. Fine. But the problem, though, is that when you have a dude that starts to say, and why is it always the men? You don't see this very prominent with women. You don't see a lot of women acting Where? like wackadoodles like Mendo. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really feel that's from an attack <laughs> on masculinity. Really the squeaky wheel in this in yeah. this conversation here. Isn't that weird? 
Like in this day and age, it's men that are so weak, that are so mentally disturbed. And I, I honestly, I blame feminism. I blame feminism. Not in the sense of I just don't like women. I'm talking about feminists have attacked men for years. Blaming men for everything. This world is so bad because men have been bad. And if women ran the world, you wouldn't get fuck all done. Look, because the emperor or whoever of China is wearing a lip gloss that rubs your clit the wrong way. And now it's fucking war. Okay? Let's just be honest about that. And no, it's not a perfect world. Men are not always going to get it right. I understand that. But when feminists came in and they attacked the nuclear family to the level at which they did, men at which they did, that the likes of Taylor Swift took part in, mansplaining like women are too stupid. Well, maybe if you weren't stupid, we wouldn't have to fucking explain it to you. I'm just goading you. Stop transplaining to me. Stop transplaining to me. Not calling women stupid. Thought that was funny though. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. But the issue is when you've attacked masculinity as being toxic for so long, and I sit here and I turn around and I look at the condition of America. How many women do I see working construction jobs? How many women do I see pulling hard wires up there in freaking telephone books? How many women do I see making cat calls at dudes on the street of New York while they're doing using jackhammers? How many women do I see in manually labor-intensive jobs? Almost zero. Special forces gets opened up to women in the military. How many go through and successfully pass? Not many. Not many. This is not, and this is why feminism is so disingenuous. This is not a stab at women. This is not trying to belittle women. This is saying that women are making up a different side of the yin to our yang. And what you're trying to do is say that they're also a yin. Therefore, there's equality because women can do what men can do. I'll give you a basic example of how that's not true. P standing up. Checkmate, bitch. Checkmate. <laughs> Just a second. But this is what feminism did. It was a cancerous outlook that said women have to be equal to men in all aspects versus a more, I think, palatable example of we should have the same equal rights that men do, but understand that we are biologically different. You don't see, like, I don't, is there any example of a trans woman wanting to compete in a man's sport? I don't see any trans women NFL players. Why? Because you get the ever-loving crap kicked out of you. Imagine that. Imagine this like LA, LA, Amy Page, whatever that, that freaks on Hollywood. Strap some shoulder pads on her and put her against like a, you know, a 6'3", 250, 350-pound black linebacker. All you're going to be doing is scraping up the, the remnants of that zipper-titted freaking no or now dick-having weirdo. And you're done. You're done. Oh, I would pay to go to that game. I would pay to go see that. That would be entertaining. To go watch a dude that's chopped his schlong off beat the ever-loving crap out of a woman, I'd pay to see that guy. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say it. So feminists have attacked masculinity for so long, and you've made men, beta men, afraid to be men versus other men are kind of like, well, do something about it. Here's the other thing that I had to explain to a friend of mine. It's like, you realize as women, Mansplain it. Ma'am, I'm going to mansplain to your ass. You better sit down and listen, woman. <laughs> Fix me my sandwich. I'm not being serious with that. Anyway, I told this one woman, I was like, look, here's something that you need to recognize and realize. Men gave you the right to vote. And she's like, well, I was like, men gave you the right to vote. You know why? 
Because men during those times could beat the brakes off of you and you couldn't stop it because you're not physically strong enough. And then when you started getting rights and you started understanding that, yes, we are biologically different, you attacked, as far as feminists goes, the one thing that did make you equal, which was the Second Amendment. Because how many domestic violence charges do you see men catching versus women? I'm not saying women don't do it. Of course they do. But it's not a very common thing to see women beating the ever-loving crap out of dudes. You see it versus the opposite direction. Why? Men are bigger. They have more muscle mass, bone density, structure, testosterone, all these things. All these things that women say, we have too. No, you don't have testicles. Doesn't work that way. And if you do, you're probably Jamie Lee Curtis and you're a hermaphrodite, whatever you are. I don't know what you are. You get what I'm saying here? So feminists created these beta men. Now, how many of them, how many of these feminist types raised these men? To now, you see the condition of men in America is pathetic. Pathetic. And as a result, what do you get when you've got the attacks on masculinity and you criticize these men for being men? Being men. Yes, we're flawed. Absolutely. We do dumb things, but you can sit there and this, the hypocrisy of this in the media is just, it's undeniable. How many times do you see a commercial of a woman that's kind of like looking at the camera and explaining something while she's got a stupid husband behind her doing something dumb. And she's like, you know, I gotta, I got, because it's so common. It's normal. It makes fun of the fact that sometimes men wear pig headed, but let's reverse that. And let's have a dude looking at the camera saying, yeah, that's dumb bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sometimes she's stupid. And then you got feminists getting their tits in a twist. Oh, then you can't make fun of women because if you do, that's discriminatory. Or it's the fact that we make fun of each sex because we exhibit certain traits that form stereotypes that have a kernel of truth because it's funny. So feminism and woke ideologies killed comedy. And then you also killed masculinity. As a result of killing masculinity or trying to kill masculinity, you got all these beta dudes that come out now. With the lack of emergence of actual masculine leaders or figures in our society, guess what opens the door to? The Andrew Tates, the Sneakos, every single one of these alpha male nerds that smoke a cigar talking about, I'm, I'm an alpha male. You see it all over the conservative side of it, alpha male in the bios. Like, no, that just tells me you're a bitch right off the bat. Who has to tell, like, who goes out there and says, I'm an alpha male. Like, nobody says that. You're like, bro, you're the biggest fucking nerd out there. You see, because the culture of internet has created for you this environment to say or do and say the things that you'll never be held accountable for. Meaning, if I'm going to talk shit against you, Josh, and I do it on Twitter, you can't touch me unless you fly to me and you find me and you beat the brakes off me, which I'll sue you. So now Twitter and social media has given rise to this new emergence of masculinity, which is I can say whatever I want at you and there ain't a damn thing you're going to do about it. Nothing. Because back in the day is you talk shit about a dude, he's going to show up and say back your fucking words. And that's what we need. That's exactly what we need. And it's not going to happen anymore. So now you've got these imposter alpha males that are sitting there with the cigars and the Schmegs. Oh, yeah, Sean Whalen. I'm talking about you, bro. I, I, if you haven't seen that drama and controversy, oh, my God. Go look at Goob 2's channel and see the click funnel moron out there. Oh, man, it, it's bad. It's bad. Like, what's this guy's name? Uh, he does the click funnels motivational speaking bullshit. He's, he looks like a little nerd. Anyway, he's at a wrestling match with his son. Okay. Is it Grant Cardone? No, not Grant Cardone. Yeah. Um, that guy's a schmuck anyway. But 
this other guy, he looks, he looks like a beta nerd. He's, he does all the click funnel ads. I can't think of his name. Um, oh, I can't think about him. Anyway, he's at this match and his son, uh, and I'm not a wrestler. I mean, I, I've done Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but I don't know the, 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 the terms and legality or the rules and regulations involving high school wrestling. It's 14 year olds. Okay. And they're wrestling. You see the one kid getting his son who's face down. He's in like the turtle position and he starts to apply the rear naked. Okay. The rear naked choke. He doesn't fully sink again. I guess, I don't know if that's illegal in wrestling. I, I thought it was. I mean, it's wrestling. You're choking him out. Maybe I'm, but yeah, I think wrestling is more submission, isn't it? I think wrestling like is submission. Wrestling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, there's no submission. You got to pin the person. Okay, so, the, okay, fair enough. So that's the reason was, I think it's, they thought he was about to do a rear naked on this kid, his his son. The, uh, the dude has like millions of followers. Before the referee can stop the match, this guy is like sitting on the on the mat, like watching, and he runs over and tries to break it up, and then at the end punches the other fourteen year old in the head. And you're like, the ref didn't even have a chance to break that up, and you just punched another fourteen year old in the head. Defuck! Yikes! You you now here's the deal. You're well. This guy's not strong enough. He looks like a beta bitch. He's skinny. He's got no mass. Got nothing to him, but. This guy takes that video and he clips it and he doesn't show you the part where he actually punches the guy, the kid rather, excuse me, it's a 14 year old boy, okay? He posts it and says, you know, sometimes we fathers, <laughs> we just get a, you know what you do, you know what you did was massively wrong. You just assaulted a 14 year old kid. Like, watch it, watch the video. Goob to Russell pump. Brunson. That's it, Yeah. that nerd. Tammy in the chat. Yeah, thank you, Tammy. So this guy does this. Now, here's the deal. Sometimes parents in football, Josh, you know, you're in sports, the kids, parents can be too much. It's like, it's a game. You need to calm down, but not to the point of physically assaulting your opponents. It's not called for, especially within seconds of the ref right there before he breaks it up. So Sean Wayland does a video to support his buddy, Russell, whatever's, because again, these people always stick together. They will always stick together. They will never hold each other accountable saying, look, dude, you screwed up. Mega right. It's, it's like, oh, uh, well, and he goes on this and you can go watch on Sean's page or Goob 2's page and you can see for yourself. This is, you know, fog of war, blah, blah, blah. Sean Whalen has got a long history of posturing as if he's actually done anything alpha in his entire life. Sean has not. He never served. He never did anything. He always wears the schmeg around his neck to make it look as if he's an operator. He's not. Now, Sean has followed me before. I don't know this guy. I would never do business with him. This is the same guy that got sued for basically saying all of his products are made in America and put a tag made in America, but it was actually made in China. Sean's a liar. He does this. He's been sued. He's had to do all these things. This guy, is he's a shyster. You got to watch yourself with him. So that being said, he gets dragged across the coals for posturing as if he's an alpha male, you know, in the heat of battle. But the fuck do you know about battle? Selling t-shirts has nothing to do with slinging bullets. I've done both. I can tell you. Done both. Yeah, I just saw the video here. Yeah. And he intentionally cuts it. Right before oh, no, no, he no, this pops show, that This shit. shows a 17-second clip where he's on the mat, and then he jumps in, and mm -hmm. then he pops the kid in the head a couple times. Yeah. And then looks like he, the 14-year-old wrestler from uh, NASA, mm. uh, who was attacked, was forced to finish the match, mm -hmm. still in shock, and he he should have been disqualified. Yeah, 
Your like father I, came in and yeah. assaulted. He's like, no. It should have been a disqual- uh, disqual- But because yeah. they knew who that guy was. Yeah. yeah. That's BS. So Sean Whalen goes in there and defends him. Right, if that was Sean my kid Wh- that he jumped on. I, yeah, yeah, I'd be beating that father's yeah. ass. He's like, now it's you and me, jump bud. jump on him and yeah. pop him in the head a couple times now. Yep. It's <laughs> too much. That's how we do things. That's how we do things. But Sean gets out there, and just like the rest of these people, you just defend this. You defended. You defended a grown-ass man popping a 14-year-old in the head. You kidding me with this? You kidding me? So Sean's getting dragged on social media, and we are going to be launching the new T-shirt, um, Eagles, Not Chickens. It's, it's coming. Now it's time to start doing some counterculture, and we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to do this. I'm, I'm tired of this nonsense because the reason I brought all this together is due to the lack of true alpha male, true good masculinity. You get the Sean Whalens. You get the Andrew Tates. You get all these morons out there that don't know fuck all about being hard. You posture on social media. Riding around in the desert in a fucking dune buggy holding smoke grenades is not hard as fuck. That's not. I'm sorry. You've never been through hard as fuck. You claim you have, but based upon the fact that you sit there and you take these photo ops like you're some kind of badass. Dude, you've got a lot of dirty laundry from your real estate dealings in the past. I'm saying I would never do business. I don't even want to be friends with people like you. But this is the lack of true masculinity in this country. Now you got these, sh- these schmucks that come in here and they lie, they cheat, they scheme, they steal. Men don't do that. You don't walk hard. You walk hard. Hard. Down lives. Dusty road. Walk bold. <laughs> in my dreams, you're blowing me. Some kisses. <laughs> That's a great movie. It's a great it, movie. It is, it's a great one. But either way, I'm so over these people. This posturing. And here's the thing. Yeah. I'm not even presenting myself like I'm an alpha. I'm not hard anymore. I'm, I'm soft as woodpecker lips, baby. <laughs> You don't have to posture. What's with the buzzer? Oh, and though Sean hits up Goob, is like, bring a stack of cash and come meet me in the ring. No, no, bro. Let's grab pistolas and let's fucking do this. <laughs> Fuck the fighting. Let's do it for real. Let's to the death this shit and see how hard you really are. These dudes annoy me. They annoy me. And I've let it go for the longest time because you know what? Fair enough. But I'm so sick and tired of this nonsense that you would sit there and defend a grown-ass man putting hands on a 14-year-old boy. Now, provided, provided, sometimes that's warranted. That 14-year-old boy, like, assaults your daughter, I'm going to beat the brakes off that kid. You're going to learn. It didn't look like he was trying to sink a near... No, uh, rear naked, exactly. Naked he looked like he was trying to roll him onto his back. Exactly. Uh, and he, even I mean, if he did get the rear yeah. naked, it takes a good few seconds before you can actually put that kid out. So, it was... Way over the place. Way over the place. But anyway, that's what's going on on Instagram right now. And I'm just shaking my head. And for me, it's like I see beyond what what what, what what's going on. It's like this is a result of a lack of actual true... Ma- because here's the deal. Like, who are actual good masculine figures for these younger generations to look up to? Should be your father. Should be. But you got single-parent single, single parent households through the roof. You don't have, you know, a lot of masculine figures. Because for me growing up, it was like the likes of Clint Eastwood, John Wayne, who, and I understand John Wayne was probably not the best example. That guy ducked out of World War II to make films. Fair enough. But still, like, like bro, you did, you did the Ballad of the Green Beret the longest day, and yet you didn't, you didn't fight, bro. <laughs> Clark Gable did. Jimmy Stewart did. A lot of Hollywood dudes did. Jimmy Stewart did? Yeah, he was a pilot. Really? Did you know that? I didn't know that. There's a lot of old World War II, or excuse me, a lot of old uh, black and white actors that were actually actually served in World War II huh. and actually fought and killed Nazis. 
And they came right back and made the Duke, except for the Duke. The Duke didn't. Now there was speculation that his contract, they wouldn't let him out to do it, but it's like, dude, what are they going to do? Sue you for going and fighting in the war? I mean, they might, but it's going to bankrupt the studio because it's like, bro, y'all are some pieces of shit. I don't know. But yeah, the Duke, uh, he didn't, um, he didn't, he didn't fight. Yeah. I'm not saying he didn't do a lot. a different kind of, of fight. Yeah, different. It was a Hollywood <laughs> culture war. <getting> <laughs> Just funny as hell to me. Oh, happy Monday. <laughs> uh, all right. Last, most certainly not least. Um, bad news. Um, a drone from Iran proxy evaded U.S. defenses because it was made mistaken for U.S. drone. Uh, this weekend, folks, we lost three servicemen. Um, God, you, you figure the GWAT's over, and then we still got men dying. You, uh, and also, by the way, we lost three Navy SEALs, too. Uh, not, not on the same day. These are different instances, by the way. U.S. officials confirmed to Fox News the drone from an Iranian proxy. An Iranian proxy but it's backed by Iran Mm -hmm. that killed three American service members in Jordan and injured others got past their air defenses for tower 22 because it was mistaken for a U.S. drone expected to return to the base at the same time. The wall street journal initially reported on this development on Monday, a U.S. official confirmed the information on Fox news. The U.S. official tells Fox news, a U.S. drone was returning to the base about the same time the Iranian proxy attacked drone was incoming, which caused confusion. The drones were in the vicinity of one another. President Biden has vowed to take action against the Iranian-backed militias in the Middle East after the drone attacked at Tower 22, a post in Jordan near Syria's border over the weekend. According to U.S. officials who spoke with the journal, the enemy drone was launched from Iraq by a militia backed by Tehran, but Iran rejected the baseless claims it was linked to the attack. Really? Really? Okay. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, who's worthless as a bag of dicks, uh, addressed the attack when he returned to work at the Pentagon after going AWOL because apparently he had prostate issues or something like that. And he didn't tell anybody. Great job. Even the White House didn't know. Let me start with my outrage and sorrow for the deaths of the three brave U.S. troops in Jordan and for other troops who were wounded. The president and I will not tolerate attack on U.S. forces and we will take all necessary actions to defend the U.S. and our troops, Austin said, while meeting with NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg. Representative Mike Wallace out of Florida, who serves on the House of the Armed Services Foreign Affairs and Intelligence Committees and is a former U.S. Special Forces commander, told Fox News' Harris Faulkner on Monday that Iran has gotten the message loud and clear that they can't get or they can get away with it. I agree with this. The Biden administration is very weak. Now, here's the deal. We put troops in the line of fire, which, and I said this before, I said this repeatedly, when you have troops deployed to these areas that are hot zones, that essentially you're interjecting yourself between two rivaling factions, your guy's going to get killed. And then what does that force America to do? To get involved. Now, as soon as this happened... As soon as this happened, hadn't even been 24 hours, Lindsey Graham, what is he doing? Hit Iran back hard now. Bro, we don't have all the facts yet. You need to calm down. Lindsey Graham, right off the bat, neocon extraordinaire, wants to hit Iran back. Guy loves war. He loves war. And you're sitting there, it's like, dude, you need to shut the hell up. 
either. Did he serve? No. I didn't think so. It's like, okay, okay, Lindsay, you go enlist and we'll do it. I want you on the front lines. I want you on the front lines and let's see how good you do. Would you be so willing to go to war then? But for my, and here's my positioning on this one. No, Iran cannot get away with this. But this is where I'm nervous. Does the Biden administration possess the ability to strike back without committing conventional forces, which ultimately leads to nation rebuilding? That's the issue. I'm all for defending America. I'm all for defending American servicemen and women. You touch one hair on their head, we're going to destroy you. But does America possess within it, within this administration, the ability to conduct strikes like that without committing conventional forces? You know we're sending more troops back to Iraq now, right? Of course we are. Yeah. We're getting right back into it. Well, you got Biden back in there, so you got to push more troops over. We're getting right back in, yeah. And uh, get a hot war going again. Oh, Lindsey Graham is in the Air Force? He's still in the Air Guard? No. He's in the Air Guard? Yeah, either way, it's the Air Force. Either way, though. Lindsey Graham is the biggest warmongering neocon shill out there. But what makes a lot of Americans nervous is that we're kind of like, do we possess the ability to strike back without committing forces? It's a good question. But America does have to retaliate. And then watch live Pentagon just releasing a thing that says Pentagon says Iran's fingerprints are on these attacks. Iran back to J7th attack or oh my God, October 7th. Iran and America are at war in a very weird kind of way. And as long as this weak ass, here's the other thing. Oh my God. I hate my, I hate to say this, but it's the truth. Do you think this would be happening under Trump? No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. Do I think this would be happening any, under any other Republican that actually has a very good stench, strong um, stench? Oh my God. Good, strong foreign policy. No, I don't. But this is what happens. It, I mean, isn't it interesting folks when you get a Democrat administration, in power, Middle East goes to shit, Putin invades Ukraine, crime goes through the roof in Democrat shithole cities, taxes are going up, housing market issue again, inflation, recession, all from Democrats, because on the international stage, they don't respect Democrats. Why? Because you're weak. Your prisoning reform has actually done the exact opposite. It's increased crime. You've gone soft on criminals. What's the what's the most breaking case we've got now as far as, um, oh, God, was it the child molester? Black dude? Or he murder a kid or something like that? It's in California. And they're, they're, waiting, they're waiting to see what Gavin Newsom does if he gives him the death penalty. This guy's probably going to walk. It's ridiculous. When Democrats get in office, when Democrats get in office, they are so weak and people take advantage. And they're taking advantage now under the banner of racial equality. Oh, they're just picking on black people. Blah, blah, blah. No, there's a lot of crime in black cities. There is. But this is what Democrats do. They try and pander. They try and utilize every play in the book to get their way and show favoritism. God bless their families. We're not, even at, we're not even at war. It's terrible. And we're losing people. It's pathetic. And that's not, that's not even the worst part of all the, I mean, actually, no, I'm, I'm sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. It is the worst part. 
But to add insult to injury, you need to listen to this. If this doesn't make your blood boil, I don't know what will. This comes to us from DEA, DEA, DEI hire, Karine Jean-Pierre, who is a black lesbian that checks all the internet, all the intersectional political boxes. Listen to her. And I posted this on Twitter, a reference on the show. Listen to her explanation of this, and it's going to make your blood boil. Listen here. Here, here she goes in. She's discussing the, uh, the attacks. This was, I think, yesterday. Our deepest, uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out and our heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave, uh, three brave, uh, three brave, uh, three folks who are who are military folks who are brave, who are always fighting, who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration of the American people. They are deep. What? What? like a total bumbling idiot. She's an idiot. She's like Kamala Harris. Three servicemen died. Three military people died. Three human, three Americans died. It's not that fucking hard. Fighting for this administration? I'm pretty sure if we went and interviewed those families, they would tell you, we don't like this administration. They're serving because they love this country. But fighting for this administration on behalf of what? Lesbians. Lesbian. <laughs> She's an idiot. She is an idiot. The adults are back in charge. We legitimately have people that don't know what they're doing leading this nation. And they're not even leading. They're destroying this nation. Somebody just shut her up. But this is a prime example of DEI. You are not qualified to be there. You suck. You're not good at this. You defend Biden blindly, which again, as your press secretary, they're going to be running interference for you. You're just not good at it. You're really not. No one believes you. I don't know who's one of the most hated figures in the Biden administration, her or Joe Biden. I don't know who to hate more. And when I say hate, I mean, I hate these people. I hope nothing but bad things happen to them. They're just all awful. Horrible human beings. Just disgusting. Come on. I watched this and I'm just, I'm shaking my head. Because here's the deal. Like other people, other countries around the world, they see this. There's no confidence in this woman. There's nothing, nothing about her inspires anything to believe this Biden administration has anything under control. Nothing. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. <laughs> Happy Monday. Oh, my God. Bro, it's, it's, it's so sad to see this. It is so sad to see this. But here we are. Elections have consequences. Some, this is, oh, and did you see, um, oh, my God. Uh, oh, good old uh, Ilhan Omar. You see that sound bite? I don't have it pulled up. But basically, she's speaking in, uh, I think it was, um, I'm not sure which, uh, which Somal- Somalia, um, Som- Somali. She was talking to Somalians, but she was talking about, I, I, I want to say like the, the battles between like Muslims and some, whatever. But in the speech she gives, she talks about like, I'm a Somalian before I'm a Muslim. It's like, you're an American. No, she's a Somalian. She's a Somalian. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, she's not an American. Yeah. She's Somalian. Yeah. Her allegiance is to Somalians, to her yeah. home country, mm-hmm. Somalia and to her brother, husband, these <laughs> brother lover uh these people 
are just, wow, wow. Democrats are just royal pieces of shit. Like I, I just sit here and you listen to this and you're like, how did you get elected? But then you look at the voter base, like, oh yeah, look, look where all the refugees went. And they voted in their own moron that has more Somalian interests at heart than Americans. This is where we're at. This is where we're at. Ilhan Omar. Oh, you mean the Somali uh, Cersei Lannister? (laughs) It's a great way of putting it. Well, folks, that does for today's episode. I wish I could leave you with some good news. I mean. (laughs) Gel shock CBD. Gel shock CBD. Let's get baked together. Why? Because we need it for this bullshit of administration. It's horrible. I got to curb back the cussing. Sorry about that. Hey, if you want to support us, go over to Locals. The link is right below. You can support us on Locals. If you like what you hear, if you enjoy the show, we do really appreciate that. You guys, you motivate us to keep going. We do appreciate it. You know, we're not sitting here selling out and holding back our honest opinions for the sake of like, like losing subscribers because we really don't have that many. <laughs> we, we lost like three. Uh, <laughs> it's like, no, we're going to be honest here. We, we do appreciate your love and support. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing the show, hitting the like button. If you haven't followed us on Rumble, please do so. Help us magnify this message. It's, yeah, <laughs> we're in some, some dark times ahead, folks. Dark times ahead, but we'll get through it together. We'll do this. We'll make it happen. We'll do as much as we can for everybody we can. So we love you. We appreciate you. Share the show. If you could, go subscribe on Locals. It's like four ninety nine a month, whatever. And uh, yeah, we appreciate that. You got anything to add, my man? Yes, uh, have a great day. And as always, it's a... Shut up, bitch. <laughs>